With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Go Gamecocks podcast presented by the State Newspaper. I am your host, Greg Hadley, and we are here to give you all the South Carolina news you need in the length of your average commute. I am joined, as always, by our football writer, Ben Briner. How you doing, Ben? Doing good. How are you, Greg? Not too bad. Let's jump right into it with the news this Sunday that senior quarterback Jake Bentley is out for the season with a foot injury. What do you make of that? Well, it certainly changes the complexion of this season simply because we already had the introduction to Ryan Holinsky, and now we know that there isn't going to be any Jake return. There isn't going to be, at least this season, I should say, there isn't going to be sort of whatever that kind of dynamic could be coming down the pipe. It's going to be Holinsky's show, assuming he stays healthy, and it brings to an end a sort of weird experience for Gamecock fans, potentially, because... We don't really know what Jake Bentley is going to do next. Does he stay and fight for the job? Maybe, but that's kind of a tough road, especially with a talented kid. He could grad transfer, which might be the most likely thing, but that's a step. That's moving. That's changing all that stuff. And he could just try to take the jump to the NFL, which would be a little bit bold considering the last three games he's had were, you know, pretty bad. But it it also brings to an end for the moment this sort of weird dynamic the fans have had in which Jake Bentley had so much promise and tons of folks just kind of came away feeling more and more disappointed as he was, at least up until these last three games, good, but not the the presidential young man that was promised a few years back. Yeah, going off of that, Ryan Holinsky's making his debut this weekend against Charleston Southern. People were very excited for that, and he he delivered a pretty impressive performance. What did you make of that? Well, after going through kind of every single pass, it seemed like they were doing a lot to put him in position to succeed. A lot of RPOs, a lot of max protect stuff, a lot of quick, clean, short reads, and it really did help who they were playing because Charleston Southern, even for an FCS team, isn't particularly good. I thought he did well. I had talked to someone who said you just you never know when someone makes their first start. Do they quake in their boots? Do they kind of rise to the occasion? Talked to a lot of his former coaches, and they had all basically said he's ready for this moment. For game one, he was ready for this moment. I don't know that you could write a better, you know, first game unless you were ha- you were playing someone a little bit tougher. I thought he was good, but we've seen a lot of freshman quarterbacks who come out of the gate and have one game that inspires a lot of hope from fans, and then they turn out to just be sort of quarterbacks. Yeah, just watching it, obviously it's not the the toughest opponent in the world, but it did feel a little bit like the changing of the guard. That might be a little getting ahead of ourselves with uh, all of this, but it did kind of feel like this is becoming Holinsky's team very quickly. Well, I think that at the very least, it might well, especially with the injury news, be a changing of the guard in terms of the Jake Bentley era 
maybe potentially over. Again, there's a way that it could come back together, but it would be certainly something you don't see every day. It's it's just hard to anoint a young quarterback so quickly because so often we've seen guys appear, flash, have moments. I think Holinsky's probably capable of it and you know, has, has the ability to do something like that, but it might take a little bit longer than some fans are, are really uh, ready for. And let's take a listen to what Coach Will Muschamp said about Holinsky. Well, I think, you know, obviously you got, you have to always take in the quality of the opponent. That's that's something you always got to understand and, and where you are. But, uh, you know, again, I thought he handled himself extremely well for a first start. I mean, I've had defensive players and players that played other positions offensively, much less being the quarterback, have nerves walking out there in, in that environment. So, uh, obviously, he handled the moment extremely well and, and will continue to progress and do the things he feels comfortable with moving forward. And, and because he is so bright and intelligent, he'll be able to handle a lot. So, Ben, yeah, you mentioned that already, and Coach Muschamp repeated it. A lot depends on who you're playing. And as you said, Charleston Southern isn't necessarily even the best FCS program. So that's really the theme for this entire week. How much of this is Charleston Southern, and how much of it was a really great performance by a very poised young quarterback? Well, that's just kind of the great mystery. It's, it's, it's hard to say because, you know, they'll go into Alabama next week, and they could look very bad, and it still would tell us almost nothing. There just, there isn't that much you can take. There's, there were a few moments that there was an interception late that didn't seem to be super great. There was an unblocked rusher, yes, but it didn't seem like he necessarily got a hand on, uh, on Ryan before he threw his pass, got picked off. I think that it's just one of those things where you're going to have to wait and see. You're going to have a week of excitement. You're going to have a week of whatever comes after Bama, and then you're going to have sort of your brass tacks games against first Missouri and then against uh, Kentucky. Yeah, I was going to ask you about if you had any nits to pick with Helensky's performance, what would you key in on? Well, he didn't have to do a ton in terms of the deep ball. Hit the one shot to Brian Edwards, couldn't connect on a couple others. But realistically, the deep ball is a little overrated just because teams don't throw all that many. And then it's you kind of have to read your way through the game plan because they did a lot of stuff to make uh, Helinski comfortable, and that meant a lot of easier throws. It meant a lot of swing passes, a lot of quick screens. And against smaller opponents, against an FCS team, an SEC team is just going to have an advantage because bigger tight ends are going to be able to push smaller defenders, and running backs are just going to catch swing passes in space and be able to make bigger, better plays. Those are going to be harder to come by against the better opponents on their schedule. So you're going to have to see some adapting, but a lot of that's not really clear how much of that comes down to just breaking in a new guy on his first day. And of course, the degree of difficulty, like you said, is going about from as low as it can to as high as it can next weekend against Alabama. But as you said, that might be it might be hard to take any lessons from that either, just because Alabama can make really good teams look bad too. Correct. I don't think there's going to be much he'll be able to read from that unless he has a really good game. If he stays poised, if he doesn't get hit too often, if he completes some big balls, that'll be kind of a sign for hope. It's it's really sort of a, like it's called a found money game. You could, there's only upside here. There's only, I mean, I guess technically there isn't because he could get hit really hard and that could 
send this whole season into a spiral. But assuming everyone stays healthy and upright, the only thing that's there for him is upside because he can only make plays that not a lot of people make against a really, really good defense. Yeah, and going off of that, do you think any part of South Carolina we can learn much about them when they're playing a team like Alabama? I think you can learn a part about maybe any part of them, to be perfectly honest, if that part holds up. If they were to happen to really slow Alabama's pass rush, goodly feeling good about that. If their receivers could make some plays on those corners, if their running game could get going, Lord, if their running game could get going, that would be would be quite a thing. But realistically, if things that South Carolina does are bad, they will be without context and probably without meaning because, again, you know, a top 25 team with South Carolina, you know, would be kind of lucky to be at this point a year's end, would probably look very bad against all that talent that Bama can throw at them. You mentioned Holinsky getting hit. That's probably every Gamecock fan's worst nightmare, imagining that uh, Alabama's defensive lineman bearing down on him. But the offensive line was a big area of emphasis this past week. They made some changes, shuffled things around. What did you see from them against Charleston Southern? Well, they certainly moved some smaller guys. So that's kind of what you want to see. It was an interesting transition because it seemed like they moved Donnell Stanley down to that center spot, a little more size, a little more harder guy to move there. And then you get two probably more higher ceilinged guys at the guard spots, at least compared to the two linemen that came out of the lineup. But... Those guys, there were questions about assignments. There were questions about some other stuff. I think if those two guys can just play well, not make mistakes, communicate, all that good stuff, then they'll probably be locked into that lineup for the foreseeable future. I think it can move folks around a little bit. But I also think that when you're going against a pass rush like Alabama that can be pretty multiple, can throw different looks at you, Saban likes to throw kind of funky blitzes, you're going to see that interior get tested in a different way. And you're going to see maybe if those guys have some trouble holding up because they're being asked to communicate a lot more than they were this week. And of course, this week they did set a record for most rushing yards. And in particular, freshman Kevin Harris put up some big numbers. How impactful do you think he can continue to be through the rest of the season? That's going to be tricky because at a certain point, there's just only so many carries. And this isn't necessarily a team like even in Alabama, which can kind of rotate their guys because they're up by a million points every single game and they're dominating possession. And and even they don't tend to go, they tend to go deep, but they don't tend to go unbelievably deep. Right now he's the fourth tailback and fourth tailbacks generally don't get a lot of work. They just don't. I think he could probably find some cracks here and there. And I think he'll be pretty important if someone, really when someone gets nicked up, because some running back always gets nicked up. But for the moment, it feels very much like a Rico Dowdle, Tavian Feaster show, anything else is going to get thrown to Mondenson. I do think Harris, maybe in some of those change of pace short yardage packages, played some fullback, I think he could make some appearances that way, but I don't necessarily know if you're going to see a lot of games where he gets a notable number of carries or yards just because the opportunity is probably going to be harder to find unless there's a blowout. I mean, to be fair, he got all those yards. He only had six carries in this game. Looking at the other side of the ball, the defense had 
Something of a bounce-back performance, again, taking into account it is Charleston Southern, but they did come away with three interceptions, which is obviously always a focus of Coach Muschamp. Who impressed you the most on the defense? Interesting question. I think probably some of those guys in the secondary, I kind of like what John Dixon did. He was a little more active. Uh, Jamar Brown had a nice hit that sort of led to a breakup. I think that it's it's just going to be very weird to tell what exactly you can read from that defensive performance because, again, as you said, it's a, it's a Charleston Southern team that I think might even be changing offenses maybe. I can't remember. But they definitely have just not as good of pieces. So this week might tell us a little bit more about how they stand up against the run, especially in the interior offensive line. Uh, it seemed like Charleston Southern was going with a little bit more quick passing game, uh, staying out of trouble, not getting sacked as much, which if you're South Carolina, you probably don't want to see because, frankly, you were hoping your pass rush was going to be a little more threatening than it had been previous seasons. And right now it just sort of it seems fine, but it's not necessarily there. I think that, again, this is going to be sort of one you kick down the road a little bit, but you're going to have to wait to see how that front seven does against your Missouri, your Kentucky, more than anything else. Yeah, Coach Muschamp didn't really say too much about the defense other than noting uh, a blown a blown assignment that led to a big run. Yeah, their, their run game was really, really stifled. I want to say at one point, basically two carries accounted for all of their yardage and actually a little more. So South Carolina certainly was able to was able to control that, but you're also going up against a four-wide spread FCS team that I think barely played tight ends in the entire, you know, process of it. So I think it I think it if nothing else it's a good confidence booster. I know back in the day a high school coach that I would talk to would sort of refer to you wanted to get a few games early if you were good, but maybe not so certain. You wanted to get a few games early where you would just could kind of push some people around a little bit just to sort of get people's chests puffed out. And coming off that UNC game, frankly, South Carolina needed some moment where they could puff their chests out a little bit because it was disheartening between the Bentley News and losing this game that the people really didn't think that they could. Okay, that is all the time we have for now, but we will be back Wednesday to more fully preview the Alabama game. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. You can get the Go Gamecocks podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, basically wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always check out more of our coverage on GoGamecocks.com. Take full advantage of our sports pass. For 30 bucks a year, you get access to all sports, only sports, and we'll never hit our paywall. 